CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Welcome to a world we all inhabit too little. The world of imagination. Our own, yours and mine. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a ghost? Well, one of this earth's greatest writers did, Oscar Wilde. And having let his imagination play with the idea, he set down his findings in a ghost story that ranks with the world's finest. The classic tale of the Canterville Ghost. And if by chance you should think that a ghost's life is all wine and roses, why then listen to what went on one night at Canterville Castle. Blood! I must have blood. And when I say blood, I do not mean a drop or two. I mean gallons. Or am I not called Gibeon, the bloodsucker of Bexley Moor? Blood! Oh, give me blood! Blood, my foot! What you need is some oil for those rusty chains. Our mystery drama, The Canterville Ghost, was especially adapted from the Oscar Wilde classic for the Mystery Theater by George Lothar and stars Arnold Moss. takes place in Canterville Castle, ancestral home of the de Canterville family since the 15th century. You immediately assume, I have no doubt, that the castle is in England. Well, it isn't. It was, but it isn't anymore. For you see, that well-known multimillionaire Hiram Otis had it dismantled stone by stone, transported to the United States, and re-erected stone by stone on his own estate in the Midwest. So it is that one fine afternoon, we find him, Hiram, and his wife, Martha, and his lovely daughter, Virginia, and Jeffrey de Canterville, her fiancé, in the newly restored library of the newly erected castle of the Cantervilles. Well, Mr. Otis, I hope you're satisfied with the job I've done. Canterville Castle re-erected, lock, stock, and barrel even to the ancestral gardens which surround it. Well, the castle's okay, but I don't know about the gardens. The guy I hired to be the general manager when we opened the place as a tourist resort says the pool ought to be where you put the pine woods. But, Daddy, that's the exact area where the pine woods were in England. Well, Ginny, dear, tourists won't know that. But that was part of the deal when Daddy bought the castle from Jeff and hired him to re-erect it here, that nothing would be changed. Well, business is business. If it'll be more convenient for tourists to have the pool where the pine woods are... Yeah. Now, what's this? Well, you know what that is, Mr. Otis. It's the blood stain. That's the spot in front of the fireplace where Sir Simon de Canterville stabbed his wife to death way back in 1601. I told you I wanted it removed. And I told you it can't be removed. 
Is that in the oldest bathroom cleanser around, Jeff? Yes. Yes, of course. In the cleaning closets. You told me to stock it. Get a can of it. But, Mr. Otis, really... Otis bathroom cleanser is guaranteed to get rid of any stain. And it'll get rid of this one. Go on, give me a can of it. Good heavens, that vase. Oh, dear, it fell off the mantelpiece. No, it didn't fall off, Mrs. Otis. It was knocked off, I'd say, by Sir Simon de Canterville. The ghost? Yes, I'm afraid he doesn't like the idea of removing that bloodstain. However, I'll get the cleanser. Him and his ghost. What do you think I was born yesterday? Jeff wouldn't lie to you, Daddy. <laughs> and, and if he says the castle's haunted, then... Now, look, Jimmy... Just because this fortune hunter fiancé of yours, Lord Jeffrey Canterville, believes in ghosts, doesn't mean I have to. Daddy, if you call Jeff a fortune hunter once more, just once more... Oh, I'm... Okay, okay, honey. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All I want is your happiness, sweetie. And if he'll make you happy, fine, fine. Here we are, Miss Rodis, a fresh can of Otis bathroom cleanser. All right, let me have it. Now watch. I spray it on the blood stain. You bring a cloth to wipe it off with? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. Use my handkerchief. Now, one wipe, so. Where's your blood stain now? Oh, Hiram, it's gone. What else? An Otis guarantee is an Otis guarantee. It will come back. Not after an Otis cleanser treatment, it won't. Oh! Oh! What was that? Oh, what is it? It's the ghost again, Mrs. Otis. No, it was the wind or something. There isn't any wind. No, it was something else, but not a ghost. I just plain don't believe in ghosts, and that's the end of that. Well, if you ask me, Mr. Otis, it's only the beginning. Eleanor! Oh, blast the woman. Where is she? Here, Simon, dear. Here I am. Get the paint bucket. We have to repaint oh, the stain. Again? I promise you, however often Mr. Hiram Otis erases my bloodstain... My bloodstain, dear. Oh, all right, all right. Yours. But you wouldn't have had it if it hadn't been for me. You... Do forgive me. Oh, my dear, I have forgiven you at least once every hundred years since it happened. I should not be here otherwise. And the least I can do is to see that your stay here remains peaceful by giving that barbarous American his comeuppance. Fear not, my dearest love. It is Sir Simon de Canterville, me, against Mr. Hiramotis, him... But I truly believe there's little doubt as to the outcome of the battle. A blue bloodstain? What do you mean a blue bloodstain? Uh, just what I say, Mr. Otis. The stains reappeared, and this time it's blue, Daddy. Now, look, I don't know what you two are up to. Up to? For your information, the boss painter who's redecorating the upstairs bedrooms complained that somebody's stealing his paints. And you think that we, that Jeff and I would... Who else? But why would you think that? Because the way I see it... Uh... Yes? How do you see it? Well, I don't know how I see it. All I know is it doesn't make sense. And we better start making some sense around here because we open in a week. 
Now get rid of that stain. Once and for all, get rid of it. Do you realize that I have repainted that blood stain by the fireplace four separate times, and each time that meddling American has had it removed? I should think you'd want to forget it. After all, it's a reminder of why you are doomed to haunt Canterville Castle. Oh, dear, and I with you. But you are not. You can leave any time you wish, Eleanor. Oh, Simon, not without you. Oh, my dear. <laughs> Was ever man so loved by woman as I by you? Or I by you. Ah, uh, and yes, I killed you. Because you loved me. Well, however you put it, I condemned us both to eternal misery. Well, it shall be misery in peace. For nearly 400 years, I've haunted Canterville Castle without hindrance. Yet what that vile upstart has put us through in the past three years, tearing down the castle around our heads, building it up again around our heads, and oh, the noise, the noise. And now he means to turn it, my castle, into what they call a tourist attraction. Never! My dearest, what can you do? That beastly American must be driven out. And his family with him. I know. Let me see what I have in the way of grisly costumes. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I think this should do the trick quite neatly. Which is it? Gaunt Gibeon, the bloodsucker of Bexley Moor. Oh, that's smashing. <laughs> Jeff, I won't let you get married till you get a job. But, Daddy, Jeff doesn't need a job. He has all the money you paid him for Canterville Castle. Have you? Have you, Jeff? You know I haven't, Mr. Otis. But obviously, Jimmy doesn't. You didn't tell her. Tell her what, Otis? Yes, what? Well, tell her. Ginny, I'm afraid that just about every cent your father paid for Canterville went to pay off back taxes, liens, mortgages, interest payments, and the Lord only knows what. Oh, Jeff. Well, don't you see, that's why I sold Canterville in the first place. I had to. I, I, I couldn't keep it up anymore. I had no choice. It was, it was sell or lose everything. So you see, he's broke. Flat bust. Now, just a moment. I have the promise of a job, Mr. Otis, a top-flight architectural firm in New York. The promise of a job? Now, look, Jeff, there'll be no marriage until... What's that? I, I don't know. I'm afraid I do. It's, it's the Canterville ghost. The ghost? Come on, Jeff. Come on now. Aren't these tricks of yours getting just a little childish? Now, Mr. Otis, believe me, this is no act. It's the real thing. Whenever the ghost moans like this, it means he's going to put in an appearance. And I've seen some of those appearances. Now, Mrs. Otis, Ginny, you'd, uh, you'd better come with me. Oh, where to? Well, anywhere but here. I'm not afraid of the ghost myself. He's never done me any harm, but his appearance can be positively ghastly. And you'd better not see it, either of you. No, I'm staying here. What? what? I've Jim... been hoping to see him, Jeff. Hoping to see the ghost? Yes, Mother. Oh, somehow I have a feeling I won't be afraid of him. Don't ask me why. I can't explain the feeling. 
I just know I won't be. <laughs> of course you won't. Jeff lets you in on his little gag. But I suppose I'm to be scared to death, huh? Oh, but Daddy, <laughs> there is a ghost. You've got to believe it. Oh! oh look! Oh, oh, my heavens! Blood! I must have blood! <laughs> He's got to be kidding. When I say blood, I do not mean a drop or two. I mean gallons. For am I not gaunt Gibeon, the bloodsucker of Bexley Moor? Blood! Blood my foot. What you need is some oil for those rusty chains. And I just happen to have a can of Otis all-purpose here in this desk drawer. Cringe, thou knave! Grovel in abject fear before me. Ah, ah, here's a can of Otis oil. Oh! Oh, knock off the screaming. You got nothing to scream about, because believe me, this oil will do the trick for those chains of yours. Leave off! I'm ruining my chains. Daddy, stop it. Leave him alone. And another squirt. Oh, right Daddy, here. stop it. Oh, Give me that chair. Oh, here now. Leave him alone. <laughs> Can't you see how oh. <laughs> how unhappy he is? Oh, now, look, Jenny. Any guy tries to pull a gag this on me. This is no like gag, that. no trick. This is misery. Oh, look at his face. Look into his eyes. He's in agony. I've never felt so sorry for anyone in my life. You, you feel sorry for me? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No one has felt sorry for me in over 370 years. I do. Well, you... You frighten me. Oh, no, you can't be. You couldn't be. No, no. Not the golden girl. Oh, come on, you two. Stop it. Nice little act, but just a little creaky in spots. You clod! You lout! You poltroon! Is it thus you'd taunt a noble lord of Canterville? Hear me, then. I sought but to warn you hence by harrowing up your soul. But there's another way to be rid of you. Death! No, I... I... No, 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 please, no, please, I beg you, don't kill him, don't, don't. For thine own sake, then, child, be warned and get thee hence. I am Simon of Canterville, am easy wrought into murderous rage. So be gone, be gone, be gone. Do you believe now that he's a real ghost? I sure do. Uh, I, I guess we'd better do what he wants us to do. Oh, let's leave the castle. Oh, no. Are you saying that you won't... You bet I am. I paid a fortune for this joint. I'd rather die than see that money go down the drain. Oh, no. I'll tear this damn castle down again, stone by stone, before he gets the satisfaction of seeing me run. You hear that, Buster? Stone by stone. It certainly appears that for once, for the first time in nearly 400 years, the ghost of Sir Simon de Canterville has met his match. 
What happens, you may ask, when ancient English ghost meets eyeball-to-eyeball with modern American business tycoon? We'll learn more when I return shortly with Act Two. Sir Simon de Canterville, or rather I should say the ghost of Sir Simon de Canterville, can't be blamed for threatening to kill Hieromotus. After all, it is his castle, or it was, and, well, how would you feel if you'd lived somewhere for nearly 400 years only to have someone you'd never seen before threaten to tear the place down, stone by stone? Now, you really can't blame him for being in a towering rage. Eleanor! I shall rend him limb from limb. Oh, Simon, perhaps we ought to leave the Americans in peace. Oh, no, oh, no. darling, please. I say no. Oh, Simon, please, don't make me speak severely to you. Severely? Well, truthfully, it's quite possible you've lost your ability to frighten people. Lost my ability to frighten people? Yes, dear. You are but a ghost of your former self. Just what do you mean? Well, I very much fear that, that you're growing stale. And in the parlance of the day, why, you simply can't hack it anymore. Hack it? Not able to hack it? Me? Oh, Simon, come now. Were you not reduced to using brute force? You, who through all these centuries have prided yourself on the artistry of your hideous disguises. Why, you failed to frighten a mere mortal. And Simon, an American at that. Well, he's a clod. Altogether too stupid to have even a semblance of nerves. I think so. It just occurs to me. I've always been at my best during a thunderstorm. True enough. And tonight, to judge from that sky out there, will be a night of elemental fury. A perfect background for haunting. I shall outdo myself this night. I shall employ a disguise so horrible, so fiendish... Something guaranteed to drive the churl out of his skull. What? Ah, yes, yes, yes. That is the question. What, 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 what shall it be? Oh, I have every confidence that you, my sweet, my sweet, will create a costume that every ghost in England, in the world, would give his winding sheet to possess. Oh, you are too kind, altogether too kind. But let me think. Let... Aha. Oh, you, you have it? Yes, yes. You, my darling, have given me a thought. Winding sheets. That is the ticket. Oh, winding sheets? Of course. I have an excellent one. Very old, very moldy. The one with the frilled cuffs and neck. But of course, of course, do go on. I will wear that and take with me my rusty dagger. I shall approach the room moaning and groaning in a most gruesome fashion. When I enter it, I shall stand over them in the form of a green, icy, cold corpse till they're all but paralyzed with fear. And then, and then I shall cast off the winding sheet and crawl around the room with white, bleached bones and one rolling 
Raymond, dear, you have outdone yourself. I dare say even you will agree I can still cut the mustard, my dear. Oh, you can, you have. What's the girl, the American's daughter? Oh, she, she must go in peace, I touch her not. Why so? Because... Well, my dear, you will scarcely believe this, but not only did I fail to frighten her, but she said... Well, she said she felt sorry for me. She said that? Yes, yes. And she looked at me when she said it with eyes... Well, Eleanor, her eyes were filled with sympathy and pity and... Yes, love. Oh, Simon... Could she be the golden girl? I should like to think so, but I fear not, my love. It's too much to ask. Much too much. But I must do work. The night approaches and the storm. I promise you, oh, I promise you, that within a few short hours I shall reduce the cold-blooded Hiram Otis to a mindless mess. Why have you brought me here, Jeff? I've never seen this part of the castle before. It's a hidden passage, or it once was. As to why I brought you here, well, it seems to me every time I want to be alone with you, your your father shows up, or your mother, and... Oh, Ginny, I... I do want to talk to you. Yes? Ginny, marry me. But, Jeff, dear, I'm going to. You know that? No, I mean now. Tonight. Tonight? Yes, let's get in my car, drive to town, find a justice of the peace, and get married. But, darling, we don't have a license. Oh, we'll get one. How? I don't know, but we will. I'll, I'll manage it somehow. Jeff, this is the United States, not England. Things are done differently here. And, and anyway, there's, there's no sense discussing it because I just can't go against my father's wishes. Oh, you don't have to be afraid of him. Afraid? Oh, darling, I'm not afraid of him. I love him. I know what you think. That he's hard and domineering and ruthless and a lot of other things. But you know... Inside, He's not that way at all. Mm, perhaps not. Unfortunately, I only know him from the outside. But as time goes by, you'll learn to know him better. And you'll see... Ginny, you're not a child. You're a woman. I need you, Ginny. I, I, I want you. Jeff, please. Please, darling. No. Ginny. Ginny, oh. please. Jeff. <gasps> oh, I must have blood. Oh, no. Not tonight. Not now. And when I say blood, I don't mean a drop or two of blood. I mean gallons of blood. It's him. It's the ghost. Who else? Oh, to drive that churl Hiram Otis out of his mind. Oh! Oh! Oh, misery! Oh, agony! Oh! You went right by us. He never saw us. Yes, I know. Now let's follow him and see what he's up to. Oh, horror! Hideous horror. Hark ye to the horrifying moans of the vampire monk. My parents' bedroom. He's gone in there. Hark ye to the horrifying moans of the vampire monk or the bloodless Benedictine. Who's there? 
a vampire monk. See, I bend over you, a green, icy corpse. Watch as I crawl around the room with white bleached bones and one rolling eyeball. Oh. What are you doing on the floor? Huh? Oh, why, you're the ghost, aren't you? Please, now, could you be just a bit more quiet? My husband has had a very tiring day, and he needs a sleep. And you're certainly going to wake him up sooner or later with all that moaning and groaning. Well, I am a ghost. I'm haunting you. All right, all right, all right. But please do it quietly. I you ride and ridicule me, would you? Oh, but please, you misunderstand. Pay for it. I, woman, pay with thy heart's blood. You've seen your daughter for the last time on this earth. For the last time. Jeff. Jeff. He means me. No, darling, he can't. If he didn't see us following him. I have seen you. I saw you there in the secret passage, but was too busy with other matters to be bothered with you. I saw you following me. From the back of my head, I saw you. Stand aside, Jeffrey de Canterville. I take your beloved with me into the next world. Oh, no, you don't. I warn you. You're a Canterville, and I would do you no harm, but stand in my way, and I will place on you, as I already have on them, the Canterville curse. No. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Stand aside, I say. Stand aside. Wait. Yes. If you wish to take me into the next world, all right, go ahead. But leave Jeffrey alone. Leave my parents alone. Don't harm them. You would give your life for them? Oh, Ginny, Jeffrey, she's gone, vanished. Yes. What does it mean? Oh, good Lord, what does it mean? Uh, what? Well,我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我我
Steps stained by centuries of dampness. It is a place where rats and beetles might scuttle about. In and among the bleached bones of a skeleton which lies on the stone floor. Poor skeleton. One of its hands, manacled, claws towards the remains of a bowl which once held food. A door opens. A light appears on the steps. And Sir Simon de Canterville sweeps down the steps, dragging Virginia Otis after him. He flings her to the floor. Here lie my bones. Here soon shall lie yours. He whips a dagger from a case at his side, stoops, grabs her by the hair, and holding her head back, makes as if to plunge the blade into her throat. But he stops short. How can you look at me like that? Are you not afraid? No. You face death. Yet, you're not afraid. Do I face death? Will you kill me? What is to prevent me? You killed once out of passion and have suffered nearly four centuries for it. Would you dare again? I would. I, I would. Well, then... If I'm to die, I suppose I shall. Being afraid wouldn't help matters. But really, I'm not afraid. At least, not of you. <sighs> Eleanor was right. Eleanor? My wife. She says I don't seem to frighten anyone anymore, that I can't hack it anymore. Why do you want to? I'm a ghost. It's my only reason for existing. It's not a very good reason, if you ask me. It's no reason at all, if it comes to that. It's simply part of the punishment I must bear for murdering my wife. The Lady Eleanor? Yes. Why did you murder her? Jealousy. Unreasoning jealousy. I thought her in love with another man. I found out later how wrong I'd been. But it was too late then... I assure you my remorse was so great I hardly struggled at all when her brothers chained me in this dungeon and starved me to death. And that? That's your skeleton? Yes. Poor skeleton. Poor ghost. You must be very tired. As only a man who has not slept for nearly 400 years can be. But there'll be no rest for me, never any rest, until the legend of Canterville Castle is fulfilled. But I didn't know there was a legend. Jeff never told me. Oh, yes, yes. And when it is fulfilled, then... Why, then I shall sleep at last in the little garden far beyond the pine woods. What garden do you mean? The garden where the grass grows long and deep... Where the hemlock flowers are like great white stars and the nightingale sings all night long. All night long he sings. And the cold crystal moon looks down. And the yew tree spreads its giant arms over the sleepers. The sleepers? Do you mean the garden of death? Yes. Death. Would you help me if you could? If you could make the legend come true, would you? Yes. What is the legend? It is this. 
But a golden girl can win prayer from beyond the gates of sin. When the barren almond bears and the girl gives away her tears, then shall all the house be still and peace come to Canterville. What? What does it mean? It means that you must weep with me for my sins because I have no tears. And pray with me for my soul because I have no faith. And then, and then, if you have always been sweet and good and gentle, that withered almond tree you have perhaps seen outside the library window. The barren almond tree, yes. That tree will bloom again to show, to show. Yes, to show. That the angel of death has had mercy on me. I should like to do that for you. I know. But you may fail. Yes. And if you fail, the torches of the damned will be yours through all eternity. You must dare to go beyond the gates of sin. You will see fearful shapes, hear wicked voices. If you are... The golden girl of the legend, you will not be harmed. But if you're not the golden... I tremble for you. Well, what is your answer? I will do it. Think, think. Be sure. Oh, do be sure. I am sure. Then turn! Turn! And behold, the gates of sin. Ah, you shrink back. You are afraid. The shrieks. The laughter. Worse lies beyond the gates. Father's. Ah, you are afraid. You are afraid. And I am doomed. No. You will go for me. You will go beyond the gates of sin. For you. For any other soul. And give me your hand. Let me kiss it. Soon, perhaps my lips too shall be cold. If you are the golden girl, I pray God you are, for your sake more than mine. You must release my hand now. If I'm to go beyond the gate. Yes, yes, I know. Only let go. Let go. Go. No, Virginia! Come back! Come back! Mr. Otis, there's nothing that can be done. Virginia's gone. Forever. Harold, it's all your fault. If we hadn't ridiculed the ghost, if we had just taken him seriously, all this would have been avoided. Uh, I got to admit you're right, Martha. But that doesn't help matters. All I want now is to get Ginny back. Safe and sound. Uh. 
the girl. Where is she? She's gone. Gone. I've been a fool. I, I thought she might be the golden girl, the girl of the legend. And I let her go beyond the gates of sin. Oh, oh no. If that be so, I am done with you, Simon. Oh, no, 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 not you. Oh, don't touch me. Don't touch me. You're revolting enough to be human. I tried to stop her at the last moment. I tried. But it was too late. Too late. Too late. Simon. The nightingale. Eleanor. The nightingale. Oh. It sings. It sings in the garden of death. It sings. Oh. And the girl, Virginia. Oh, she sucks. She must have Simon, Simon, look! Virginia. Sir Simon. You've returned. From beyond the gates of sin, you've returned. Did you think I wouldn't? Yes, yes, I, I thought that. I knew I would. I'd not have gone past those gates if I hadn't felt sure. Then you are the golden girl of the legend. You are. The golden girl. Are you saved now? Oh, yes, child, yes. I'm saved. After all these centuries, released. And you're the one who did it. Eleanor, she is the one. What can I do to thank her? What? What? Oh, Simon, restore her to her own world. What else, dear? What time is it? It's nearly three in the morning. Three in the morning? I've got a nine o'clock committee breakfast. I, I... Oh, what am I saying? Business, business. It becomes a habit. My little girl is gone, but my first thought is if... I... Oh, God in your heaven, what kind of a man am I? Oh, Hiram, you're a good man. You just lost yourself in, in making a living. Yes. Lost myself in making a living. Yeah. We spend too much of our lives making a living. We should spend more of it living. <laughs> I guess your ghost knows that, Jeff. I don't know whether he does or not. I do. What was that? I thought I heard... What? It sounded like Jimmy's voice. Yes, I thought I heard it too. You did, Jeff. I'm back. I'm here. Jimmy! Oh, my God. Jimmy! Oh, it's Jimmy! Oh, my baby! Jimmy, my Jimmy, baby! Where have you been? What happened to you? No, no, don't Please, ask me. Don't ask me that ever again. Yes, but Jimmy... Daddy, you... I love you, but don't... Please don't, not ever... Try to tell me what to do with my life, my soul, again. Let me do what I want to do. What God put me into the world to do. You... You sound strange. No, no, not strange. Truthful. I've seen what... What lies beyond. Beyond this world, beyond us. And uh, we... We here on this earth, we think that we're the end of everything. 
And we're really only the beginning. Daddy. Dad. And Mom. And you too, Jeff. There's so much out there that we don't understand. So much. Ginny, what did you see? What's that? Not a bird at this hour of the morning. It's a nightingale, Mother. Come. Come to the window. I'm sure we'll see what I expect to see. Yes. There. Look. At what, Ginny? At what? The storm is over now. And the moon, a great white moon, sheds its light over the gardens. Look. The almond tree. The barren almond tree. Why, I... It's blossomed. I can see the flowers in the moonlight. And that tree, it's part of the legend. For centuries it hasn't bloomed, and, and legend said it never would until... until peace came to Canterville. And peace has come. Far away, beyond the pine wood, there is a little garden... There the grass grows long and deep. There the hemlock flowers are like great white stars. And the nightingale sings all night long. All night long he sings. And the cold crystal moon looks down. And the yew tree spreads its giant arms over the sleepers. Jeffrey? Yes, Ginny? He's at peace, Jeffrey. The Canterville ghost is finally at peace. This story, this beautiful story, we owe to a man named Oscar Wilde. Perhaps some of you know the tragic details of the last years of his life. Well, no matter. What's important is what he wrote almost a hundred years ago. Wrote what entertained you in this past hour and perhaps enlightened you too. It is better to live than to make a living. I'll be back shortly. Oscar Wilde is buried in Père Lachaise Cemetery, just outside Paris. I visited his tomb, a tomb over which a sad angel with drooping wings weeps. And yes, I bowed my head, not so much in homage to the man as to the spirit within him, the spirit within all of us, our own private, very private Canterville ghost. Our cast included Arnold Moss, Marion Seldes, Mildred Clinton, William Redfield, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. The answer's still the same. No dog, no baby. Just be happy with these dumb plants. They're bad enough. Taking up the whole bloody window. I hate you. You're lucky I let you keep them. I hate you. I wish you were dead. What did you say? 
I said, I hate you. I wish you were dead. Did you really say... Hey. Hey, what? Hey, what? What's this? The bloody plants are on my neck. Hey, hey, Barbara, they're all around me. They're choking me. I can't get them off. Hey, Barbara. Barbara, they're too strong. Bart. Barbara, don't stand there. Get them off. Get the scissors. Barbara, the scissors. I hate you. I hate you. I want you dead. 